ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. TPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Bo Barron, welcome back to ATV Talk. How are you, brother? Good. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Uh, just so that you know, we changed the name of the podcast. It's ATV Talk, a motorsports podcast. Gotcha. Uh, we're expanding a little bit, and um, uh, that's why I wanted you on today. I want to I talk about RZRs or, or UTVs in general. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah, great. Um, you being an – you are – uh, how many times have you won a championship in the UTV? Uh, I have five at works. I have one at Le Motors over in Europe. It was like the biggest side-by-side race on in Europe. And I've won that. Me and Holtz teamed up and won that. I've won. Um, no clanking. Oh, sorry about that. I've won Saboba GP a couple times. Um, and And that was the biggest race of the time um back back when i started with the utvs i just raced a four-seater the first for the first year and i won with that and so yeah i've won i've won some stuff in the side by side i helped um jagged x win a baja championship in mexico uh yeah so yeah i've done i've done quite a bit in the side by side for sure what was the draw to bring you into a side by side well like when i first started off i was i was you know, racing quads and stuff. And I had, you know, my kids and and my wife, or actually, I think I just had Bailey, but I was like, you know, it'd be so cool to get one of these Polaris's and, um, take the kids for a ride or, or take Bailey for a ride. And me and my wife could just go and, and go jam. And well, what that turned into was like Harlan had a, a four seat demo car and, um, I asked him, I said, Hey, do you think Polaris Polaris would let me borrow a car for a little while? Cause I don't have the money to have one. And he said, yeah. 
he goes, if we take a photo, I think, you know, you can have it for a couple months. And so that's what we did. He brought it over to my house. We started taking photos with it. And then, um, he left it there for a short period of time, which I stole it and went racing and won a race. And, and that's how I ended up getting a Polaris ride. But yeah, exactly. You know, that's, that's how the whole side-by-side thing started. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. And what year was that? It was an 804 seats. So, um, I, I, I'm, I don't know. It's probably at least eight or 10 years ago. I'm guessing. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. How much of a transition is it for you for the bike? I know we've talked bike ATV, but you, you get on a bike, you get on an ATV and then you jump in your side by side. How do you manage the, the, that and, with the lines, the wider car, the heavier. Yeah, there's a difference there. So like with the car, like I, you know, last weekend, say we were racing at Taft and there were sections that were wet and stuff. And, and I knew like I needed to pinpoint the dry areas because it's a lot more vague. You don't, you can't use your body weight to, um, move the vehicle around. So it's like, once, once you're in it, once you send it off a lip or around a corner, that's, that's, you know, that's what you got. It's not like I can make up for it while I'm in the air or move weight over here or over there. Like, you know, you're strapped in. So you got to kind of pre-think those things versus an ATV or a dirt bike. How much has the development of the shocks helped you in getting those cars around the track better? Dude, it's, it's been unbelievable from the first, from the first round of side-by-sides we have had back in the day from the 800s, you know, to, to what we have now, like back then, you know, the rear end was kicking and, and it was just in the air all the time. And, and you were, you were scared to hit jumps because you were going to endo. And, and now we've got these things flying level. Um, we've got them set up to where it's like, you know, you can basically, if I look at a jump, I, I kind of focus on it. Like I'm seat belts in a jump, whether it'd be on a dirt bike or a quad. Like I look at it like that. I line myself up. I go just as fast as I would as if I was sitting down on an, on an ATV or a, or a dirt bike. And that's how I hit the jump with a car. Really? So similar speeds will clear the same. Will, will absolutely. The same. absolutely. Even though it's so much heavier, believe it or not, like the same speed will get you down to that downside. It's, it's, it, dude, and it just takes time to learn this, but yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's the same thing. How is the competitiveness between you and the other drivers? Um, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of drivers that are, I mean, I, I don't know. There's some good guys out there. You know, we had Hancock and Hagsma and all those guys are great guys. And then there's other guys that are pretty cocky too. And, and just, you know, a lot of people spend a lot more money on the side-by-side side of things, you know, they, the UTV side of things. And I get it, dude, stuff's expensive, but you know, you don't need to, to, to flaunt what you have. I mean, it, it for me, it's just like, I, I try to get out there and do my own thing and, and not get wrapped up with any of the, the BS that goes on with it. You know, the, the semis and this and that, and they, you know, I, whatever, we're just out there to race. I, I just want results and, that, and that's what we do. How long does it take you to prep 
It's a long time. It's a long time. So versus a, versus a dirt bike. Dirt bike's the easiest. ATV's a bit harder. Side by side to get it ready to be, you know, competitive for a championship, like longevity wise. Like if you're in it to win it, it is a lot of work to get a side by side ready for a, a UTV weekend. And and that I, I have a feeling that's why we see so many break on a weekend too. But like it's you know, I'm minimum 20 hours in between rounds, you know, you're pulling off, like I'm any given weekend, you got to check all the, all the axles, all the wheel bearings, you got to pull the the driveline off and check all the, you joint, you know, the, the joints and, and dude, it just, it's just, it's very time consuming. You know, they're not easy to work on. They're big. You get home from a race. It's, it's, you know, one, one tank of gas in the pressure washer to get it clean. Then you pull the skid plates off and everything else, you got another tank of gas. So you're looking at one, almost one solid day, probably about six hours of pressure washing after one round. So yeah, it's, it's a lot more. It's a lot, it's it, you know, and you need bigger area to work on it. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's massive compared to a dirt bike or an ATV. Well, I can get 10 to 20 hours in prepping an ATV. No problem. Oh, for sure. I, I know you can, I, I do the same thing, but yeah, side by sides even more. That's just insane. Uh, are the turning or are, are, are the appendages, the, 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 the axles and the steering boxes that fragile? No, the steering box isn't that fragile. And, um, it just depends on what you hit and how rough you are on the car too. And, you know, you never know unless you check it out. So, like that's that's the thing with me. Like, dude, I I always want to try to do my best. So no matter what, I'm pulling I'm I'm pulling the front diff. I'm pulling it apart. I'm checking to see if anything's wrecked or not. Even if I was light on the car, and that's the thing. Like people don't understand how long it takes to just get the front diff out. You know, it's a it's dude. It's it's a lot of work. Have you? I know that you went down to one car this year. Yeah. Is it, is it solely because of the amount of hours it takes? Yeah. It's yeah. It was tough, dude. You know, like Polaris cut back a little bit this year on the, on our program at work. So, you know, I cut back a little bit too. And actually it was like a blessing in disguise because, you know, having one car, I've actually, you know, I mean, dude, I do so much like, having one car this year has been a a real blessing because I've had time to run around in the pits with my daughter, you know, and, and hang out and do a little bit more. Whereas like, I don't, I don't need, I didn't even see the weekend go by. I was just on the track and working on stuff and I didn't talk to anybody and do anything. And so now with, you know, with, with one of the classes being gone, like I've been able to, to enjoy what I'm doing this year. And, and dude, I'm, I'm having a blast. That's good. You yeah, need, it is good. And I, yeah. And I can focus more on, on, the, on that class that I'm racing in, you know, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Anybody giving you any static about not racing so much? Um, not yet, not yet. Everybody's been pretty cool about it. And, um, you know, as long as I think, as long as the results keep coming in, then I'll, I'll be okay. You know. Well, you're 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 doing pretty good in the ATV class. How are you doing in the UTV? In the UTV, I had a 
I had a problem at the first round, but the second round I got a fourth and then the third round I won at Havasu. So not, not too bad. We're coming back. I've, you know, I've, I've had DNFs before in the past and won a championship, but yeah, no, it's been, been pretty good. Like, uh, you know, I think this year I've been the first one in a, in a Polaris to win. Um, you know, can am can am's been kind of like one, two at all the rounds and, uh, I won Havasu. So that was, that was great. How'd you do in Taft? Taft? I didn't do so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I, I caught the, I, I, so, uh, I caught up to Bo Judd on at the end of the second lap and, um, and I landed off of a jump and I don't know what happened. I, I've, I just got now have the car clean. What are we on Wednesday? And I haven't pulled it apart yet, but, um, when I landed off of a jump, it just shut off and I tried to start it and I couldn't hear the fuel pump. So I'm sure it's either the fuel pump or, uh, you know, I, I went through the fuses while I was on the track and I didn't see anything. So I'm sure it's some wiring or the fuel pump that, that, that didn't, didn't end well this weekend or this last weekend. Oh, wow. That's, that's, yeah. Is you, you, you mentioned the fact that there are DNFs. Do you think that they're all prep related or is just some of the parts just weak? Yeah. Well, it's not necessarily weak. It's just, we, we use these vehicles for, for alternative purposes, right? Like, I don't know if they're designed to be race vehicles yet. You know, I think they're more for just like standard issue, having fun, you know, like you take a stock, TRX or a stock, um, whatever back in the day and you go out and you go ride it and, and, you know, just to have fun. Well, you put long travel on it and this and that all of a sudden the frame starts breaking all over because it's way wider and you know what I mean? So as, as in a whole, it's kind of like the ATV scene. Well, we've done so much work to develop them over the years back in the, in the eighties, you know, I mean, that's a long time ago, but back in the, in the early eighties, the ATV races were a lot of failures. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember when shoot 14 years ago when I started racing works on ATV, um, you know, that's the way it was. Like if you finished all the rounds, you were going to be in it for points. You know, I mean, we, we had the, we had the same thing going on. I mean, it wasn't to the same extent, but I mean, literally if you were in it, you know, a top five guy, you had a shot at the top three for the year. Easy. Yeah. If you, if you finish all the rounds and, and you, you didn't have to always finish well, but as long as you finished, you know, semi close to the front, you were all right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about driving the car. You know, what are some of the things that you have to, to look at and how physical is it for you? Um, so it's, let's start with the physical. Um, it's, it's not so bad, uh, like on your arms or, or steering wise. Um, but like sitting in the seat, you get beat up pretty good. Like cornering some of these corners with these G forces, like, you know, I have bruises. I've had bruises on the sides of my legs, even though I'm sucked in tight um, just from cornering through bumps. Um, I've had 
scenarios before where I've lost power steering and I've had to steer like the whole race without it. And it's super hard. And my arms have gotten smoked to a point where I could barely even turn the steering wheel. So, um, as far as that goes, if you have no failures, it's not so bad, but if you are, if you are, um, having issues or having issues. And that's another thing, you know, from the outside looking in, like it's just with anything, dude, people, people look at a race and you see a guy not going very fast and they're like, Oh man, that guy sucks. You know, well, the, the, you don't know his belt temp could be high and, and the clutching, not right. He's going slow on purpose. So he doesn't break. And, you know, it's just like any, any kind of motorsports. it's the same thing, you know, like, you know, years ago, Dungey was hurt and people were like, he's not good. He didn't tell anybody his collarbone was broken. You know, it's just like any of that stuff. So anyway. well, let, let me ask you that. Okay. We were still on the physical portion of it. If you are injured, how does that affect you driving? The car? Driving the car? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I actually had a broken collarbone one time and my ribs were jacked up at this last weekend. And it was all, it was almost worse driving the car than it was when I was racing my ATV for sure. No, it's, it's no joke, dude. I mean, like you, you don't have your legs for suspension or anything. So you overclear jump and, and you, you case something or you hit, you know, you hit flat bottom and your suspension stops. It's going through your, it's going through your body for sure. So there, do you think the trauma to your body is worse driving that car than riding the ATV? I don't think it is. I'm not not talking about when you crash on the ATV. I'm just talking about the physical trauma that you go through riding it and driving it. No, not if everything's flawless. Like if your car's working good and everything's going good, no problem. But if you blow out a shock on a car and, and, and you don't know it and all of a sudden like, something slams the ground or you, you know, you break something, then, then it is, it is brutal. It goes both ways, you know, how, I mean, I've seen you race broken. Yeah. Body was broken and you race and you rode almost as good broken as you did non-broken. Um, <laughs> yeah, you laugh, but, it, but you did. And, and, I'm just trying to compare the two and it, you take a guy with your caliber and your desire to win. It's hard to get an accurate um, measurement on these things because you push yourself so hard. Right. No, that's, that's for sure. Like I, I try to get it done. You know what I mean? I got a job and, and we got to do it no matter what happens. You know, when we were, when I was a kid, my dad's like, well, if you're going to be a racer, what happens on the days that you're sick and they still want you to race? Well, you better learn how to race <laughs> when you're sick. Then, like, you know, so it's just like, I don't know. That's just how it is. Right. Yeah. I mean, you don't get a day off on because when the green flag's going to drop, you got to do your job. Yeah. You got COVID. All right, all right. Well, you know, don't talk to anybody. You better go to the line because if you want points. <laughs> or whatever and i mean it could be anything yeah you're right you're right that's just that's a mentality i don't think that that they have much anymore um in in anything even work and and all that i mean i work sick tired whatever i mean we just we just do it you just get up and go to work you know yeah it's it's your job all you got to do is do your job just do your job that's that's what it takes and i try to tell my kids that and i 
preach it the best I can. I was like, dude, you know, you're going to school. You got to get up. You got to get up in time. You got to get your stuff ready. You got to be there on time. It's, you know, and, and I think moto and ATV and, and all this and side by side, it, it, it helps teach that because the kids have to be there or they're going to miss their race, you know? And I think that's, that's, that's kind of important as a whole is, I mean, I'm, I'm taking it off on an, on another direction, but you know, in general, I think in life, the, the people who have actually raced, um, do a little bit better, you know, as far as, as being on time and stuff like that. I agree. When you were starting to work with Elka on the eight on the UTV shocks, did Doug come in with a pretty good setup or have you guys done a lot of development like you do with the ATV? Oh, it's it. Yeah, no, we've done tons and tons and tons of development. I mean, dude, there was, you know, numerous, I mean, I'm just going to put it out there, but there was numerous frames broken and, and shocks and, and bad days. And, and, you know, finally, I mean, you know, Hancock had a lot to do with it too. I mean, he helped me test a bunch and, and Davey a little bit, you know, like Davey, Davey, Davey helped fine tune things, but like at the beginning, man, me and Matt were in the trenches. I mean, and just, just trying to get stuff done. And, and, uh, we broke a lot of things. And so now, now, um, you know, now Doug has a really good grasp on what's going on and, and how to, how to, how to set up a, a car blind and, you know, which is cool, which he's, he's learned, but, um, no, when we first started, it was, it was pretty gnarly. Like, you know, we went from ATV and then all of a sudden you got side-by-sides and the shafts aren't thick enough and this and that. And it's just like, yeah, we had a lot of failures before we got things right. That's for sure. Well, I, a buddy of mine, Randy from GPR, bought one of the Yamahas uh-huh. and we put a set of Elkas uh, on that car out of the box. Yeah. We haven't touched the adjusters yet. I mean, it was just, the, 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 we got it after they'd been out for a while. Uh-huh. Bolt on and they worked freaking phenomenal. Nobody believes wow. it's that good. That's great. Well, that you is- know how they, they, when you jump them, they all want to go. They all end up. down. Yeah. yeah. That car, I've jumped it and I've driven it. And in the granted, I'm not a I'm not a pro, but I haven't got it to kick like that. That's great. Yeah, I've really I really enjoyed it. And and I see the development that you guys are going through because you're you're getting faster and better and better and better. And I was just wondering if the shock development is the same as it is because you're still developing the Honda suspension, uh, you know, for for Doug constantly. Yeah. It- ATV, you know, the Honda ATV stopped in 14, dude, we're still, we're still making it better. I had a conversation with the guy yesterday about like, you know, what do you, what do you think, you know, back in the day versus now, you know, when Jay Fred and Frenchie and, and Eichner and everybody was racing with you, I said, I said, well, you know, I, I'm not in the shape, you know, maybe, maybe I am, I don't know, but but as far as, as lap time goes, we're going faster just because the vehicles have evolved so much. I said, I, maybe take me at 20 or 25 and throw me on the, on the same quad. Maybe I would go faster than I am right now, but I'll tell you what, like lap time wise, I don't think, I don't think it would be that, that, I mean, I don't think we'd be that, that close with our old stuff, you know, because we just keep making, making things better for sure. That's, that's true. I mean, and the motor technology has gotten better. So the faster motors live longer. I mean, it's just, it's just such a, 
uh, an evolution that's so much better. Absolutely. I want to ask you another question. I watched a video of you on a motorcycle at Havasu. Uh-huh. And the way that you flowed and kept your momentum on that bike, you were you were reeling the guy in in front of you. Uh-huh. Okay, I believe you were in the same class and you just methodically reeled him in in this section that uh, this minute or two minute long video and your momentum just never altered. You didn't lose momentum in the turns, the way you went through the turns. Is is this how you keep the ATV and the UTV going as well? Is it all based on momentum? Absolutely. Like if you if if you watch one of my side by side races, my my car is not that fast, you know, it's, it's really not that fast. I just, um, and, and it's because I've chosen not to modify it so much, but I have, you know, if you look at it, it's got a stock exhaust, it has a little tune on it and, um, stock clutching and, you know, durability wise, those things have been tested, not my tune, but everything's been tested the way it was. And so, um, with my car, like I don't, I don't have the fastest car out there. I get a start every once in a while. And it's just because I get lucky with the, with the, you know, holding the breakdown while I'm giving it throttle on the start and, and when the flag goes up. But when, when I'm out there, I just, uh, you know, guys can pull time on me going up hills or going down straightaways. But like I do, I try to keep my momentum the best I can and read lines ahead of me for sure. I mean, that's, it's an absolute must. Did did the line reading come from all your years racing motorcycles? Yeah, absolutely. Motorcycle and ATV for sure. For sure. And and there's that much similarity driving the car versus riding the other machines? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I use a lot of my uh, dirt bike stuff on on the ATV, you know, it's like picking picking like lines that are, you know, almost I wouldn't say single track lines, but like high, high lines and corners and stuff like that, that like you normally would stay away from and, and flat track on an ATV, but I'd be up there on my, on my dirt bike ripping around and I'd be almost two wheeling on my quad to hit the same line just to keep the, keep the fluid going, you know, cause like you'll have sections where there's bumps, you know, in certain spots. And if you can, if you can almost be light on the inside wheels, then you don't even feel them when you're going around the corner. So yeah. It, it all, it, it all, it all meshes together. All of it. One of your friends told me one time that the reason that you were so fast is because you were lazy and you didn't want to, didn't want to ride the rough line. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that, but yeah, nobody wants to ride a rough line if they don't have to. Right. So you just, you do the best you can and save as much energy as possible to, to get the job done for sure and not wear yourself out. That's awesome. What is your most memorable UTV race? That would have to be, uh, shoot. I think, I think the first, maybe it was, a. I can't remember if it was the first or second one at Saboba, but down at Saboba GP, they had a lot of money up for grabs and, you know, and I wasn't even supposed to be racing a UTV and, and I, I took the one, that Harlan had. And I told, I told Mike Caffro and, and my buddy, Jonathan, and I says, I, cause I had just won the ATV and I didn't have enough money to sign up for the side-by-side, but I wanted to race the side-by-side. Oh, you there? Yep. I'm here. Yeah. But I wanted to race the side-by-side. And so 
I, cause I figured I, I could drive it pretty good, even though it was a four seater. So anyway, I went up to the thing and I said, Hey, I don't have money for the entry, but I won the ATV. I won like a few, few thousand bucks. Can you transfer the money? And the lady said, okay, yeah, whatever. And then, so I signed up the side-by-side and I, and, uh, I remember going to the writer's meeting and at the writer's meeting, they're like, Hey, you guys with the, the four seaters and stuff, you're going to have to move out of the way when you're getting lapped and they're coming around. And I was just thinking, all right, well, anyway, I told Mike and I told Jonathan, I says, if, if I, if I'm not, if I'm not near the money at like, you know, like a quarter or halfway in, if I'm just getting smoked, pull me over, I'll put you guys in we'll go do a lap so you can see what I just raced on and then we'll get out of here. And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Well, the race started and I started on like the third row, but I knew where I was going and it was dusty. I just raced it for over, uh, I think in almost two hours on an ATV. And so I knew exactly where I was going. I started picking my way through people like at a ridiculous rate. And I came around and they were just waving me on, waving me on, waving me on. Next thing I know, dude, I, I was, they were counting down on one hand, what place I was in. And I'm just thinking, dude, this is like, this is, this purse is serious. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I can win thousands of dollars in this thing. Well, anyway, I kept going. I had a seatbelt on <laughs> just a seatbelt in, in this car. And I kept picking through people and, um, the gnarliest part was, I remember I had just gotten around, um, uh, Guthrie senior, he was driving because his kid wasn't old enough. Mitch, who's factory Polaris way up there now, but, but, but Guthrie senior, I had just passed them in the four seater and I got up front and I was going up one of the Hills towards the end of the thing. And, and boom, boom, boom. In the back of the car, I was getting hit and I'm like, Oh my God. And it was RJ Anderson. And, uh, I think it was Brian with them from Walker, but they were hitting the back of the car and, and I was just stressed because this isn't my car. Don't want to wreck it. Like don't want to pay to get anything fixed. So dude, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to get out of the way, but I couldn't get out of the way that lap. So I pulled away from him a little bit going down the downhill. We come around next lap and we're going up that uphill again. And he's in, you know, the brand new 900, like I said, and they start hitting me a couple times and I'm like, dude, I better get out of the, you know, like I got to find a spot to get. So I get out of the way and I wave them by we get up to the top of the hill and we start going down and I'm like yelling at him, going down the downhill, like get out of the way. You know, he's not going fast enough, but I was going downhill. I'm in this long sled and I'm super stable and I'm just like, yelling at them all you know going down this hill well all of a sudden i think a ball joint broke or something and him and brian just flew off the side of this ledge and i'm like oh boy like oh my god like i hope they're okay but like i think i'm winning the race you know so i just went down and i i won the whole damn race and i i don't even know how many thousand i made but it was a lot I think it was 5,000 bucks or something and, uh, come to find out they were totally fine, which was even better, but man, that was, that was by far the, the most memorable side-by-side race ever. So it was like a slap on the wrist for taking Harlan's, uh, media car. And it was a slap on the wrist from Polaris. But at the same time, Donna goes, um, maybe we can get you a 900 and you can race it next year. And, and it, it went from there to where, you know, I am now with Polaris and everything else. And it was, it's just great because I would have never had the money to start racing a side-by-side in the first place. 
ever. So it was, it was pretty cool or even drive one, you know? That's so awesome. <laughs> a stock car. <laughs> when you say slap on the wrist, did they make you pay for any of the things you damaged? No, no, it all, it all, it all kind of went away. And I, it was just, I got really lucky. It's like my whole life. I've been really lucky with things and how everything's panned out. And, you know, I couldn't be more blessed. So I'm, I'm just a happy guy. That's awesome. Did, did the, did one of your daughters race a, a 570? Um, yeah, Bailey and Brynn both did. They both raced uh, mini side-by-sides for a while. And Bailey won some, I think she won a championship and got a third the next year. And then it was like, you know, a couple companies came out, car one and, and I can't remember the other ones, but all of a sudden the chassis were like a hundred pound lighter with the, with the, you know, a five horsepower engine or four horsepower engine. And it was just like, like all of a sudden there were so many people, she was getting like 13th and, you know, people had like 30 grand in these cars that were like 4,000, you know, 4,700 bucks. And so when that happened, like we just, we pulled out completely, you know, like I, I just, I told them, I said, if you guys want to race, you can race a four wheeler, but I, I can't keep up with this. And then, you know, and, and my kid, you know, Bailey was bummed because she was like one of the faster kids and she went all the way to the back. And so we just kind of started over with the ATV, you know, I felt it was safer for her to be in a car, but I couldn't afford something that she could be uh competitive in. So we just kind of like, we snowballed the whole thing. We quit. That's, that's what happens. You know, you get the, you get them to come in there. They didn't have like a stock production class in there. Yeah. It just didn't, it just didn't stay like stock class. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I think you could have a stock motor with clutching and a pipe. Well, okay. But what about the rest of the car? Like if it's a hundred pounds lighter, <laughs> we're not going to keep up. Right. <laughs> right. And what they would let them change the chassis and, and yeah. Yeah. At the time, Sean was letting them do whatever. And it just kind of went from there, you know, like it was, it's crazy. I actually know a guy the last year who bought, you know, one of the winning S five seventies, he bought the damn thing for almost $50,000. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Your kid's going to be driving a, you know, uh, 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 RS one in a year, but he's like, Oh, I want my kid to win. And I'm just like, wow, it's just, it's crazy to me that the amount of money that's spent on some of this stuff. Oh, dude, think about what ATVs cost new and then what it costs to, to put them on the pro line. Oh, totally. I, I know that. I mean, I do it all the time and, you know, but in a whole, it's, it's a little bit better than, 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 than that. <laughs> right. Well, if, if you had to, if you had to be real and say that you were not who you are and you're just Joe want to go racing, how much do you think it costs to buy the car and go, go race? In, you know, like a, a 1000. Well, yeah, no, I've added it up a bunch of times because a lot of, t- uh, you know, some, not a lot, but some of the times I couldn't get the vehicles that I wanted to race and I had to just, you know, flat out buy them and, and, and buy the build. So we had, um, we had side by sides. Let's see. I I'm guessing, well, I don't know after these new round of cars are coming out, but like, say you buy a pro XP, if you buy a baseline model, you're looking at 20, 22 grand. And then you got another 10,000 into the, the cage and a arms and trailing arms, and probably another, at least 
8,000 into the engine and, um, whatever else you need on top of that wheels, tires, um, you know, so you're looking at 20, 30, 40, 45 grand. Jesus. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a lot of money. That's, that's intense. I mean, that is really intense. Do do you see yourself racing UTVs for a few more years? Yeah, at least the rest of this year. And then, then we'll see what happens, you know, um, Polaris kind of pulled out of works and, and I don't really have the money to just take off and go race desert. So, um, I mean, I'm still getting a deal on, on stuff and, and parts and everything else. And I have an established car, so I'm, I'm good to go for the year. Um, as far as next year, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm going to do my best to hang in there and, and still race the car. Cause I, you know, I get contingencies from sponsors also, you know, we got shocks and tires and this and that, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the future holds, you know? Can I ask, would you ever think of switching brands? Um, I don't know. I mean, if it was, if, if it was presented, right, I guess I, I, I would, um, you know, I, I feel like I've been a part of Polaris. Like if you, if you open up a brochure for their ATVs, I'm in there. I, I got pictures in, in their catalogs for the ATVs, for the generals and, you know, video footage for, you know, their Instagram and stuff in the new, both of the new cars that are, that are just coming out. And so like, I feel like I'm, I'm part of Polaris, but, um, yeah, I guess so. If they don't want to help and, and I needed to do something else. Absolutely. I didn't, I, I, I don't like to put you on the spot like that. It's, it's just, no, it's okay. I just, I'm, I just was I'm trying to figure it. I'm trying to figure it out too, dude. You know, <laughs> at, at 41 years old, there are people that have raced much longer um, is it something that you still feel that you're competitive and able to do physically? Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, like this last weekend, I mean, you know, Bo judge got away from me, you know, and he's speech factory can-am driver. He got away from me. And then by the end of the second lap, like I was, I was right on his bumper. So I, you know, and I, and I don't have the power that he has. I just know how to read maybe terrain a little bit better. Cause I've been racing ATV longer. Bo Judd's a great dirt bike rider. I mean, he came from a good background and they race desert and everything else, but you know, I just feel like, I feel like with the right equipment, like I, I still feel I could beat anybody, you know, I mean, when RJ and, and his brother Ronnie came to state line, um, you know, I caught Bo Judd and, and, and RJ from the second row, uh, in the pro race and won the overall. So I feel like, I feel like I'm just as competitive as anybody still. I just kind of don't have, um, as much support. That's all. But you got skill and, and desire. Yeah, for sure. I love, I love racing, dude. I'm a racer. I'm, I'm a racer through and through, you know, I, I line up on the starting line probably more than anybody I know every year. How's the motorcycle stuff going for you? It's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. I've had a good time. I got, I got into, uh, uh, with that video you saw me and him, we ended up getting tangled up. Like I had a pretty clean pass on him. He left his bike wide open and we, we, we cartwheeled pretty good and, and, and that sucked, but I finished, I finished, I got up by the time I could catch my breath. I, I got my bike going and I finished second, but yeah, no, I've had a pretty decent year on the, on the dirt bike. So yeah, how, just 
the video, you know, the video I watched then, right? I think so. Yeah. Cause you were reeling him in and you were going by when the video stopped. Yeah. Yeah. Was no, I think I crashed. Yeah, I think so. I, I wish I could have seen it on video, but I didn't get to. And, and it just, it just looks to me cause I've talked to more than one person about it. It just looks to me that it, you ride that motorcycle the same way I see you ride the ATV and everything is about momentum. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm mellow, dude. I try not to hit the holes. I try to try to pick good lines. It's like memory, you know, like a lot of this last weekend, I had kids come and ask me like, what do you, what do you think about this? What, what can I do? And I said, dude, you have to use your memory to not hit that hole the next lap. You know, if you can find a way around it or turn before it or whatever, that's what you need to do. Those square edges, they'll kill you. You know, they're, they're hard on your lap time. They're hard on your body. Just be as smooth as possible. And especially for these long races that we race, that's what you got to do. And with the cars, that's why I've been able to win, you know, like even back in the day when everybody had a stock car, like it was just because I could, I could pinpoint things and, and figure out how not to abuse the vehicle. That's, uh, that's what it takes. I mean, that's the kind of driver, rider, whatever, that's what you want in every scenario is a, you're taking care of the car and B you're picking the fastest way around the track. Right. Absolutely. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Uh, what's the, uh, what's the funnest thing about the UTV? Um, the funnest thing for me is just like, yeah, I don't know. I like drifting. I like drifting anything, but like in a, in a car, it's pretty fun to throw this big old thing sideways into a corner. And, uh, I, I enjoy that a lot. I mean, jumping it, you know, it's a, it's a timing thing, but, but as, as far as that goes, I like being able to corner fast and, and that's pretty cool. Like if you can go through a whole like rutted corner with your tires, you know, a couple inches off the ground on the inside and just be on the gas railing the corner, that's awesome. And then also just a flat corner, throwing it in sideways and just, just drifting around as if, you know, as if you were on a dirt road in a pickup or something like that, just throwing it sideways. It, you know, it just brings out that kid in you. It just makes it fun. That's awesome. Like driving down the pea gravel road, you know, and, and, and exactly. drifting all the turds. Oh, loved it. It was, it was so much fun other than it was in your beat up old pickup, you know? Right. Right. And, and guess what, dude, we're doing it in four wheel drive. The car's still drifting because it has so much power. You know what I mean? It's just on another level. It's like, it's like, you know, the old Toyota on steroids, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's, it's so awesome. Hey, have, have they hit you up to race a three wheeler yet? Uh, I've gotten hit up by one of the track companies to race a three wheeler, uh, a while back. They wanted me to race against Davey and and I was like, you know, I would love to, but I don't want to get myself hurt because I'm going for an ATV championship. But yeah, no, I've been hit up a couple of times to ride some three wheelers. So do you think there's a possibility that that's something that could happen uh, if you if you clinched early? Yeah, that's a possibility. Can I race a three wheeler at works? Yeah. Ooh, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> There's Dave Ham's riding a three wheeler in the in one of the quad B classes, right? I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I guess so. I've always wanted to race a, a, a just a you know a two fifty R a four wheeler in the in, at the last round of works just just for the hell of it. 
but um, it's, it's just never, it's never came together. Well, you, you never know. I mean, uh, I've heard some rumors uh, that the East coast boys from the GNC and the GNCC are all trying to figure out when they can come out. Oh, cool. I better yeah. stay in shape then. Well, uh, Chad has said that he'd be interested in it. And, uh, you know, that, uh, Joel would be more than glad to come back out and try his hand. Um, for sure. I would, I would kind of like to see Walker Fowler and, and Bryson Neal come out. Yeah. Bryson, I was talking to him the other day. He was like, he, he's just funny because he's like, yeah, me and my girl, we had the conversation before she's like, so what do you think about Bo? And he goes, well, to be honest, son, I, I, uh, you know, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let down my guard at all if I was going to go race with Bo out there. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. I mean, that, you know, and he knows cause we raced, uh, Ponte Vu together uh, numerous times. And, and so, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to just have that cloud, even as old as I am. It's kind of fun. Well, I'm looking forward to it and, and having those guys come back out is always fun. Um, I'm, we're trying to, we're trying to take the show back East and do some stuff back there as well. Uh, I'm working with, uh, one of the track owners to see if we can get back there and do some stuff with the motocross guys. And hopefully that'll introduce me to somebody in the, in the GNCC so that I can go back and do something with those guys as well. That'd be awesome. That would be great. Oh, uh, well, we, we are growing at, a, at an enormous rate. It's just, uh, it's just like you, I'm, I'm in the same boat. You are, I'm trying to find funding so that I can get more, go more places. Right. For sure. For sure. You know, I mean, I want to, I want to reach out, which I don't know if, if you caught it. Robbie Bell was uh, the episode that dropped yesterday. I know this will be four weeks down the road from Robbie Bell's episode, but uh, right before your episode comes out, Justin Jones's episode will come out. Nice. Yeah. I like Justin. He's a cool, cool cat. Well, him and Robbie, I like all those guys. Yeah. Good, good dudes. Well, I asked Robbie, Hey dude, if I built a quad and rolled it out here, would you, would you ride it? And he just smiled and said, hell no. <laughs> yeah. Justin's told me, is it done yet? Right. Just cause he's raced one before he knows how fun it is. Yeah. He's yeah. all into it. If I, as soon as I call him and tell him it's done, he's freaking, he's on it. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I won't tell him that he said what he's going to do, but we'll leave that, you know, he thinks he, he thinks he's going to come out and run with you. Well, that'd be great. I, I hope I wish him the best. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Cause he's not the only guy that said that. And, uh, it's awesome. Well, as always, it's a, it's a pleasure. I lost your video. Um, I'm trying. It's okay. And except, no, I can't be, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. It'll go away. I think. <laughs> There, there we go. Yeah. Um, you asked me a question before we started taping about why the UTV questions and why it's because we're expanding into motorsports. Um, we've had Hi. Sheldon Creed on before and Sheldon's coming on again. And now he's driving an Xfinity car. He was driving in the trucks before we're reaching out to more and more people in different environments to bring uh, a motorsports aspect to our podcast. 
and and I don't want to go away from the ATV. You know, that's my first love, and I, I will always have a, a bigger place for the ATVs. But I have to do something. You know, I had to make a business decision to. Oh, for sure, I help get it. Promote the ATVs. Yeah, absolutely, I get it, dude. No, it's cool, and and it, dude, it all goes together. I mean, it it's all goes together. I'm part of all of it, so I'm I'm in, dude. <laughs> well, we want to we, we want to do more. We're reaching out to more and more people in different environments, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring them out, and uh, and uh, the show's just gonna get bigger, and hopefully, we'll be bringing and stopping in with works later on this year as well, and doing another. Uh, press conferences with you guys and and uh, get some different classes. Uh, we we ran into some personal difficulties uh, when we were going to do Glen Helen and we couldn't make it. Um, but we'll get back out there and we'll we'll take care of you guys. That's awesome. I appreciate it, dude. It helps the whole industry, you know. And that's that's what I think. When you do a press conference like that, more people see it because it's live and then it's out there. And hey, what is this? Who are these guys? Right, for sure, for sure. Exactly. And maybe that'll help you with with Polaris and getting a better deal next year. That'd be great. <laughs> All right, brother. Hey, I want to thank you so much for taking some time with us. I know you're a busy guy, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem, dude. Anytime. And um, no, I I enjoy it. I mean, it's it's good. I'm I'm glad I'm getting recorded somewhere along the way. <laughs> Ah, oh, dude, you're you have a bigger presence all over than you think. Um, more people know of you than than you would ever imagine, and um, it's always a pleasure. You're a true champion and a and a, a icon in our industry. And I really the team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at atvtalkpodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.